Bitcoin is currently at its last line of support, and as a result, many, many altcoins are bleeding. So in today's show, we are going to explore what is potentially next for crypto and Bitcoin, as well as going over some of the key macro data that is influencing the market and some of the news that we've gotten over the last 24 hours, which is affecting the markets. There's a lot to talk about today, and we also have a very special guest who is a trader that is going to help us dissect this market and run through where we currently sit and give some trade options for you guys because it is um, crazy times right now. It is presenting some opportunities, but at the same time, uh, you do have to be very careful uh, when the market is behaving in this manner. So without further ado, let's get into some of the news that has happened over the last couple of days uh, and kind of dissect exactly why we are getting this drop and then work out how far this drop could go and how we should play it um, as investors and traders. The first thing is that two days ago, um, or yesterday, depending on what time zone you're in, Jerome Powell came out and said that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated. And as a response, we saw treasury yields shoot up, behaving almost like shit coins, hitting 5% on the two-year treasury yield. Now, obviously, as a result of bonds increasing, this does put more pressure on risk assets because risk assets, when you have other alternatives that are paying super high yield, tend to not perform as well as there's less of an incentive to park your money in um, riskier sectors, especially like the DeFi sector. This was a major point I made yesterday. The DeFi sector does struggle in a in in a high interest rate environment um, when bond yields are super high because I mean staking your ETH or staking your Bitcoin or USDC in a DeFi pool looks like comparatively less attractive in this environment. So I do think this is putting um, some pressures on the market. And obviously, like Bitcoin as an asset that thrives in a low interest rate environment, it doesn't do so well alongside other risk assets uh, in uh, times when inflation is, um, or, or at least interest rates are rapidly rising in order to combat inflation. So the number one thing in terms of like how we approach this market as investors is work out what is the potential pace of rate hikes going to be over the next few months? And is the Fed going to react more hawkishly or more dovishly to what the market expects? Because what the market prices in uh, is based on its outlook at the moment. And that is often a reflection of um, what it is anticipating over the next few months. And we can see exactly the probabilities for the meetings, the FOMC meetings over the next few months, which dictates uh, exactly how much and how severely they're going to be hiking rates. So we can see that the odds of a 50 basis point uh, rate hike this month just hit a new high of 75%. So just a few weeks ago, the chances of the next FOMC meeting resulting in a 50 BPS hike was like, I think, less than 10%. Now it's all the way up to 75%. So after what Jerome Powell said in the latest conference, the market is now um, starting to anticipate uh, he's actually going to hike a little bit further than we thought. And this is something that um, Ran on, on the main show has been like preaching for quite some time, that it's likely we get another 50 BPS hike. And I think that is what's going to play out. Obviously, this is dependent on CPI data uh, coming out on Tuesday. It's also dependent on PPI data as well. But that is currently what the market is expecting. And that is why we have had a pullback uh, in equities and Bitcoin as well. But the odds, and this is probably the more shocking thing, the odds of the 250 basis point rate hikes are now 20%. So the markets now see a 36% chance that rates go to 5.75% or higher. And now for the first time in a while, there is a genuine chance 
that we actually do get um, a 600 basis point cash rate. And I mean, that's kind of crazy saying this because just a couple months ago, uh, the chances of this happening were like five or 6%. Now we're seeing um, a 20% chance that we actually do get a 600 BPS rate, which is pretty insane. And obviously risk isn't reacting well to this. And that's just off the back of Jerome Powell's, you know, pretty consistently hawkish stance, as well as some of the inflation data that's came out slightly hotter than expected in recent times. We had CPI coming in a little bit hotter than expectations. We had PCE coming in a little bit hotter than expectations. So that really puts the onus on this data uh, coming out on Tuesday. And we also have data tomorrow and later into next week. And I'll give you my calendar in a second for when that data is coming out. It puts the pressure on that data because that will dictate uh, exactly kind of how the Fed moves. So this is the meeting probabilities currently, something to keep your eye on how these rates shift. Right now, we're in such a macro-driven environment. Honestly, I'd, I'd love to sit back and just trade altcoins and um, degen into stuff. But unfortunately, at least for the time being, macro is still the biggest story, even bigger than the SEC headwinds, even bigger than Mt. Gox, even bigger than Shanghai. Macro is really the driver behind the market at the moment. Uh, and we could see that reflected on the charts, which we're going to get into on a, in a second. Um, Powell actually did speak with Congress again yesterday, though. He said, we have important data coming up, including the jobs report on Friday and both CPI and PPI inflation next week. So he also alluded to the fact that this data is super important and something the Fed is keeping a close eye on. Powell said that no decisions can be made without this data, um, which makes this uh, what Kabisi said is the most important data of all time. Um, but this also may be sarcasm because it seems like every single week, uh, we get the most important data of all time. Like, the, given how macro driven this market is right now, every week there's big dates, and almost every week you have to be paying attention. It really pays to pay attention in this environment because there are obviously opportunities if things um, come in slightly more lenient and if things come in slightly, you know, more aggressive. Then, of course, there are either opportunities to go short or um, it also creates, you know, a chance to like de risk a little bit. But um, you really do have to pay attention in this market environment because if you're, especially if you're in shorter term positions, like short to midterm old clean trades or just generally in have like a riskier portfolio construction uh it's important to like just stay aware of what's going on so you can like adequately de-risk adequately take advantage of opportunities um and and also just i guess have your finger on the pulse a little bit more um of course you can have like a more passive approach which is like you know more dcaing more long-term um positions but even then i think it's still important to like stay in touch with what's happening because uh even like i believe that uh, the DCA ap approach is mo most effective when it's a volatile approach. And what I mean by that is um, being able to like manually adjust over time the uh, severity, frequency, amount, um, uh, aggressiveness of your DCAs instead of just having like a linear plan, which I don't think necessarily is like optimal, but you know, it depends if you're optimizing for like uh, capital efficiency or, or if you're optimizing for just like peace of mind. It really depends on how active you are in the market. So in terms of the most uh, important dates over the next few days because we did talk about the fact that there are some really, really important dates. I would say, um, look, we have jobless claims. We have an employment report. So like employment data is very important because the Fed doesn't want to see a weak labor market. If the Fed sees um, you know, a, a weak labor market, then they're essentially going to have to like, well, they're going to be forced into stopping hiking as aggressively because that's just going to put more pressure on companies that hire people. Um, we as investors, uh, I guess it's a situation where bad news is good news. So we as investors probably do want to see a weak labor market. And I'm not saying that as like a, um, you know, from a personal perspective, because we don't want unemployment, but from a like pure market perspective, considering the market 
um, will probably anticipate the Fed putting its um, foot off the pedal if, if there is bad employment data. The market probably does want, from like a bullish bias perspective, uh, data to be bad. So this is something to keep our eye on. Of course, like we're, really it's less about the data itself and more about the trend. So how the data is trending. Strong labor market means the Fed probably has more license to keep hiking without affecting jobs. Um, it kind of probably gives them a bit more runway in terms of the rate hikes. That's what strong data does. Weak data does the opposite. So that's something to keep your eye on. Um, obviously, core CPI is this, the, the real main thing, though, to keep your eye on because this is going to tell us uh, where inflation's headed. I've seen a few estimates. I've seen uh, the 5.4 estimate being chucked around. I've seen a 5.5 estimate year on year being chucked around, I think, by Bloomberg. So uh, And Cleveland was 5.4. So, I mean, it's roughly in that like mid-fives range. Let's see um, how high it is. If it's obviously higher than 5.5, I think the market's going to react badly. Maybe pricing in a bad situation already. So that's something we have to keep in mind. So maybe it would take like a 0.2 overestimates to like really spook markets. And obviously if it comes in under like low fives, that's going to be like quite bullish. I think the market reacts really, really strongly um, because maybe like we actually end up getting a 25 BPS if that data strong. I do think you also have to think probabilistically, which means like going in line with what is the most probable scenario instead of thinking in absolutes. And if we are thinking probabilistically, then we probably are getting a 50 BPS and the data probably is around like the mid five. So that's just something to obviously really keep your eye on. That's the Tuesday CPI data. I'll also be doing a spaces on that day. Ran will also be doing probably a, like a live stream of the data on that day. So we're going to keep you updated with what we're doing throughout the entirety of early next week. So make sure you click that notification bell if you haven't already and subscribe if you're not subscribed um, to, to, to make sure you stay up to date in this market because it is pretty volatile. Then we also have retail sales on the Wednesday um, and then, you know, more kind of reporting coming out later. Actually, pretty... Uh, pretty like important week next week for markets. But once again, we do say that every week. So how did the uh, dollar and how did the stock market respond to some of this um, stir about what Jerome Powell said a couple days ago? Well, the first thing we got is the dollar actually shoot through one of its major resistances at 104. It did push up and get uh, rejected on the shorter timeframes at the 105. So this is something that I'm really keeping my eye on. If we get like a huge break, of the 105, this is obviously quite bearish for market. So I am keeping my eye on how the dollar reacts here. Jose in the comments says short squeeze. Look, to be honest with you, I'm going to show the Bitcoin chart in a second. To be honest, I, I do think at some point we do get a squeeze uh, because things have like come down pretty rapidly and like quite quickly. And I think like Bitcoin never operates like in one like linear fashion. We do get bounces along the way. So although I think there is more downside this year, at some point, of course, like the probability of us getting like a bounce in the shorter term is actually, you know, pretty high in my opinion. Like we definitely could bounce, especially if we touch this 21.5 level, like that's key support. Definitely could get a bounce there. And even like right now, I, I think we can also get a bounce to push up, um, capture some liquidity in this 22.4 area, like around this area before maybe another rejection or you never, you never know. Like if we get positive data, potentially we could flip that support um, back into the bullish scenario. Once again, like not necessarily what I think is going to happen, just outlining some trade scenarios for you. Uh, but definitely like a, a small push up here in the shorter term does make some sense. So I'm not like all doom and gloom. Like we're going to crash to 20K right now. I think uh, there's definitely some validity in the fact, you know, we do still have to test some levels and, you know, make, you know, bearish confirmation before we we, we go much, much lower. So that is p potential for that to happen. Um, and basically a short squeeze, which what Jose was talking about is like if the market 
uh, like keeps piling on shorts, gets really aggressive um, with the short side. We're going to see funding rates for shorts start to really pile up and we're going to get an indicator when that's the case. Then, of course, at some point, like you could get squeezed on a move up because that could um, liquidate a lot of people that are kind of late shorters. We often see this a lot in the market where late shorts and late longs get wrecked. I think right now it is kind of a bit of a late short uh, considering we've dropped all the way from 23.7% down to the current levels, which is like a 9% drop in Bitcoin. And obviously altcoins, a lot of them have gotten smashed. Like they're down 20, 30% this week, uh, especially some of the, like the riskier coins. So yeah, I think at some point short squeeze is possible, but we do have a trader um, coming on in a few minutes. It's going to like give us a little bit more clarity over this because you guys know I'm not a full-time professional trader. I don't claim to be. I kind of just um, go off like the levels I see, go off my intuition and use that knowledge to kind of tie into making better investment decisions. I'm not like a professional day trader or anything. So the whole point of this show is um, something I've been trying to do is get more guests on the show, get more alpha on the show. So now any given show that you that you watch from me could have like uh, uh, a random guest now. So I'm going to ha- start having a lot of surprise guests on the shows to give their alpha because like I understand my limitations and I want to like facilitate this is a platform that can help share alpha of not just big accounts, but also small accounts and give them a platform to, to share their knowledge as well. So that's something I'm going to be doing in my shows now during my weekly live stream. So um, make sure you don't miss the show because there could be some could be some hidden gems in these shows. I, I really want to like up the alpha per minute on the shows, which I think is high, but could be a lot higher. So one more thing I want to touch on before we get um, into that is the news we've had on a regulatory slash like SEC court proceedings front because we did have actually some massive news. The first thing we had is um, the Voyager news. So Binance actually agreed to purchase Voyager for a minimum of $1 billion. So they're going to be purchasing Voyager assets. The SEC decided or tried to overturn this, but it was unsuccessful um, because essentially like the lender Voyager was approved by a bankruptcy judge to proceed with the sale of assets to Binance. So that is actually going ahead. That is very good for Voyager creditors because they will be getting roughly 70% back of their initial cre- uh, initial credit. So it's like 70% is pretty uh, decent considering a lot of them were facing what they thought was like funds that were just lost forever. So I think that's pretty good um, for those people and for the creditors. Could be better. Obviously, it's never good when you lose money in one of these centralized entities as we saw last year but that is some positive news for for the voyager guys the other bit of positive news and this could actually be a huge net positive long term uh in the short term i've got some thoughts on how this could affect the market but long term i think the bitcoin spot etf is a, a huge uh potential catalyst to onboard millions of new retail and institutional investors into crypto so that has gotten its chances slightly buoyed over the last couple of days as they appeared to win the opening salvo in the court. So the judges basically sided with Grayscale, at least uh, verbally sided with Grayscale, um, saying that the SEC's arguments didn't make much sense and that you know Grayscale essentially had like a pretty decent case uh, and all judges are expected to be aligned with, with, with Grayscale at the current moment. Now, this did result in a couple of things. The first thing it resulted in was the GBTC discount absolutely collapsing so we know gptc it's like a basically like a futures bitcoin etf it traded at a huge discount because essentially there was no like one-to-one redemption mechanism to get your bitcoin back 
from the ETF. So there was a massive discount and like probably an eventual arbitrage that now we're seeing play out because the discount is collapsing now sitting around like 30% um, from what was I think 45 to 50% like a few weeks ago. So basically people are expecting or the market now is pricing in the higher likelihood of a Bitcoin spot ETF after we got this grayscale news, which means it, the path to GBTC futures Bitcoin holders actually exchanging their assets for the nav net asset values like much higher so that's obviously going to be uh, a positive thing because i I mean for all those holders they're they're finally going to make their money back if this does get approved but it can also be a negative thing uh, which is my point number two uh because although a bitcoin spot etf is very very good long term for crypto adoption i think the negative thing is that there's billions of dollars held in gptc currently that could be unlocked because there's people that were down like 40 50 percent that are now going to like take the opportunity to redeem their bitcoin um and you know get full value for their bitcoin so those people are going to potentially sell it as soon as they like receive their bitcoin so this could add more supply pressures onto the market, like in line with what we're seeing with the Mt. Gox creditors starting to receive payments. I think tomorrow was the rumored date, but I think it'll be a little bit later than that. But yeah, we could see potentially Mt. Gox and Grayscale hitting the market at once. The one thing I will say is this Grayscale thing is going to take a long time to play out. This is simply the the opening, um, like the opening argument, essentially. There's going to be many, many more months of this uh, final decision. You know how slow the courts are. could take like five, six months, maybe three, four months depending on if it's expedited. So in terms of like the effect on the market, this is probably like a very delayed thing. So I wouldn't necessarily put in um, or price in the risk of BTC unlocks yet because we just don't know when they're going to be occurring and you can't like make a future plan based on an unknown date. It just doesn't make sense. So for me, I'm not panicking. I'm actually viewing this as a net positive because I mean, a Bitcoin spot ETF is what we've wanted for so long, and that's going to give more people access to Bitcoin. Like it or not, I think it's a net positive because it's going to give, like, let's say you're a retail person, you invest in stocks, maybe you're a retirement fund, you invest in stocks, you don't want to, like, open a Binance account for your clients. You're not going to be able to just buy Bitcoin through, like, a stock market exchange. It's also going to mean institutions can now hold it on their balance sheet much easier. It can all be aggregated under one interface, like, um, like a portal that allows you to view all your assets, just much easier uh, than having to buy it on an exchange and track it separately. So I think there's just that slight more enticement when you have a Bitcoin spot ETF for like, you know, bigger companies and also retail that's maybe like a little bit unfamiliar with crypto to start investing in crypto. And the other thing is with a lot of these on-ramps and off-ramps cur- currently under scrutiny by the SEC, it's going to now give uh, investors the opportunity to invest in Bitcoin that maybe are going to be cut off from certain on-ramps if you're with a certain bank um, or if you don't have access to a certain exchange that is like a potential massive headwind for crypto as a whole. But having a spot ETF for Bitcoin is going to be very good for those people that can actually get access to Bitcoin more easily. And also a spot Bitcoin ETF leads into a potential Ethereum ETF. And that's going to take a lot longer because Ethereum still has somewhat of like a security concern, at least around like Ethereum staking and all that sort of stuff. Let's just see what happens. I don't think it's a security, but let's just see what happens with the SEC's declaration of ETH. But if Bitcoin does get a um, you know, a green tick here, then I think the chance of an ETH spot ETF is definitely starts increasing. And that obviously is great for altcoins. So overall, a net positive, despite maybe some unlocks happening on the GBTC side as people kind of start to redeem stuff. And just the one more uh, big like macro SEC update before we get into the charts uh, is the Ripple case. 
So we had some pretty big um, news out of the Ripple case. Yesterday's opinion uh, from the court on Ripple and SEC proposed the um, this opinion. So this is essentially the TLDR. Specifically, not only is the SEC's expert on reasonable expectations of an XRP purchaser, but so is their expert who tried to see what caused the price of XRP to change. On the flip side, our experts that explain how Ripple's contracts clearly differ from those in the Howie, tax treatment of XRP, accounting treatment of XRP, and currency expert XRP are all allowed to stay in. As we have said throughout, we have always felt confident about our case and with each ruling even more so. So obviously that's from um, Stuart, the, the legal representative over at Ripple. So I do think this has like slightly increased Ripple's um, chances of winning the case. It's coming to a bit of a, a head here. I think over the next couple of months, this could potentially be resolved or at least like we get a, a final verdict. Ripple winning would be amazing for the space because uh, it, it kind of does set a precedent for similar um, ICOs slash you know, token launches at the time. So Ripple winning is a net positive uh, Ripple losing is like a net negative. So um, yeah, any, any positive we, news we get out of the Ripple case from Ripple's side, I'm siding with. Like irrespective of what you think of Ripple, whether you love it, hate it, uh, you know, we can't really deny that it is good for uh, the crypto space if they do win the case. Let's keep our eyes on this. Uh, but you know, good developments happening over there. Uh, and one more thing before we get into all the the, the fun stuff and discuss um, charting, if you do want to sign up for an OKX account there, um, our official exchange sponsor on the show, or centralized exchange sponsor, uh, there's a link in the description and you can get yourself a $10,000 mystery box if you use the link and sign up with um, you know two simple steps. Basically, you need to sign up, deposit $50 with a fiat or spot, and you can claim a mystery box. Now, obviously, it says $10,000 here, but it might not be $10,000 might be $5, $10, $20, can really be whatever, but uh, with the potential to win $10,000. And um, yeah, there's some cool stuff coming on OKX. I don't want to spoil anything necessarily, uh, but there is some very cool stuff coming. So if you do want to sign up, I think now's um, uh, a good time. I won't, uh, I'll, I'll save that stuff for next week, but uh, yeah, uh, now would be a, a decent time in my opinion. So, and of course, like we've got links in the description to OKX as well as our other exchanges, um, you know, BitGet for the for the AK bonus and um, Bybit for the 30K deposit bonus as well. So I want to introduce a guest now in a second. Uh, his name's Runner XBT. He's a fantastic trader. I've been following his trades on uh, Twitter for quite some time. And then recently uh, I saw that he launched a YouTube channel, which I've recently started following and also has um, a podcast with another pretty well-renowned trader uh, in the space. So I wanted to bring him on the show for the first time. He hasn't done that much live stuff before, but he shares a lot of alpha on Twitter. And I thought he could offer some really good insight into the current state of the market. Uh, so Runner, welcome to the show, bro. Hello guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, it's, it's really good to have you here. And as I said, you, you've been putting out great content on Twitter. And I think it's like a, a great time now with the market pretty uncertain to actually have you on and maybe give a little bit of clarity over where we sit and, and what your plans are. Okay, I guess maybe like a quick intro into my trading style. Uh, I mostly sure. trade lower timeframes. Uh, just uh, I think that's very important when... Maybe the viewers are following newer accounts. They need to kind of recognize or have uh, an idea which time frames these people trade. Because let's say if you like to trade swing trades, right? If you like to trade higher time frames, monthly, weekly charts, and then you're following someone like me who trades five minute, one minute, or one one hour chart, then the trade can play out. So I'm mostly lower time frame uh, trader. I trade mostly altcoins and narratives. 
and uh, I do use a bit of uh, something called order flow order flow trading, which is like a nice addition to technic technical analysis and price action. Could you explain a little bit more like what order flow trading is and like exactly how you um yeah how you operate in that style? Mm -hmm. uh, can you guys see my screen? Just want to make sure. Might be a bit yeah. easier. You're all good. Yeah. So um, for order flow, um, I'm gonna put this on full screen. This is an app uh, website called Coinalyze. It's completely free. So <laughs> this is not like a sponsored shield. I use it every single day. Uh, it's an app that, uh, as you can recognize, is very similar to TradingView in terms of like user experience, user interface. Um, obviously, the TradingView chart here. But Orderflow uh, is basic is allows you to basically see uh, something we call passive and order uh, and active flow. When passive flow is your limit orders and le resting liquidity. So as you guys know, when you're trading on exchanges, you have something when you buy or sell. Uh, your crypto spot or futures, there is a difference between market and limit orders, right? You either taker or maker. So passive flow, uh, again, is like resting resting orders, uh, meaning limit orders. And active flow is the market orders because how order books work. Uh, if all of us were just using limit orders, like let's assume everyone in the market, uh, I know this is impossible, but just for this example, everybody was just using uh, limit orders. The price would never move, right? If price is moving up or down, that means there's more buyers than sellers. There is, it's technically a bit more complicated, but I want to keep it very simple, right? Basically, you have people market buying against limit orders. So if there is more market buying, then there's a re resting liquidity above, the price will move up or down. So yeah, order flow uh, allows you to see this information, uh, what type of information, a part of price and volume, which you guys are familiar with. You get uh, liquidations, you see open interest and something called CVDs, which is cum cumulative volume delta, uh, which is different uh, bit between all market buys and market sells. Uh, I let me know, Miles, how how in depth I should go. I've made a very uh, like in depth, uh, slower um, description about this, which like tutorial. Uh, I could speak about the technical side for hours. I think it's like to keep to keep um, keep it kind we'll of keep it. We'll keep it. Yeah, we'll keep it fairly light. Talk about charts today, but if you guys do want like more um, like in depth explanations behind like order flow trading narratives and stuff, he does have a YouTube channel. There's a link in the description to. Um, his YouTube and Twitter. So I recommend like you give him a follow. So you just started uh, with the YouTube, but Twitter's um, been going strong as well. So yeah, give him a follow if you want more stuff like that. I think today we'll we'll kind of maybe keep it a bit more like lighter, but I think it's a good intro to order flow um, trading. I, I wanted to get your opinion on Bitcoin right now. I think that's like the logical place to start because mm -hmm. you know, it's sure. the biggest coin. Um, it drives a lot of market movement. What are you currently seeing at the moment? Bullish, bearish? What, what's kind of your outlook? Maybe let, let me actually do like a very quick analysis. So here I have a monthly chart, which uh, is my favorite higher time frame um, time frame to begin with. From si simple support and resistance level levels, I would put like a resistance here, right? At around 23,300. And sadly, even though we had like a nice, nice monthly candle in January and February, last month we managed to close back like below the previous high. So technically, still in a range. If we go to weekly, 
the same thing. I actually have a level here already. We closed just under the uh, weekly resistance. So for me, it's also still in a range. So I can see market doing, I, I just got to pin, pinpoint that, like, I think you had a very good introduction uh, to before me, like uh, you said, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market, given the regulatory issues, that's very crypto specific, but also macro related stuff. I'm sure your regular uh, viewers can agree that we have macro basically all the time. But I do mm -hmm. believe that this month is like specifically packed. But yeah, I would not be surprised. I, I'm sorry, this might make some people angry, but uh -huh. I, I would not be surprised if we just range, you know, uh, mm -hmm. for foreseeable future. That's my, that's, uh, that's, I guess, my forecast because we're still technically in a range since last summer. It is, was August. And we were not uh, we were not able to break break out, so for that reason we are technically still in a range. I know this is not a very accurate level, but to give an idea, I think that's more than enough. I do consider this big sellout, which was an FTX scandal. I do believe this was from technical analysis perspective. This was a deviation, and I believe we're still in this range as I marked out the box basically. So how do you even try? How, how do you begin to try to range like this? Like do you? Um, yeah, how, how do you work out like intro range, like what the levels are where you might be interested in shorting, longing? Hmm, so, so for me, let's say I have this, um, I, if I have this box, um, I do tr basically, I plan my trade on altcoins based on Bitcoin. I would not, I'm usually not trading, uh, altcoins that much if we have so much volatility on Bitcoin. Like if I go to four hour chart, right. Uh, this is quite a lot of volatility on Bitcoin in my opinion. So obviously, if we have this price action on Bitcoin, what happens to altcoins, right? I can just show you my watch list. By the way, I think this is a nice free tool I can recommend. I was thinking how what uh, free alpha I guess I can contribute and show you guys is that there is a website also completely free called Sandwich Finance. So if you guys are using TradingView, you can download all, all the pairs that the exchange is offering. It includes several exchanges, including OKS, which is a sponsor of the show, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. uh, you can just download it as a file and then upload it to your trading view, and and you can basically then filter filter all the all the symbols for best gainers, basically, and biggest losers. In my time zone, which is 2 a.m. right now, uh, we just had a daily close, or like uh, technically, this uh, these uh, these values are recent. But just like before we started the stream, most of the altcoins were down like above 10%, right? So Bitcoin was flat, down 1%, but altcoins were bleeding 5 to 10%, which is, which is not an ideal scenario for me. So for example, last few days, I've been just sitting out, waiting for Bitcoin to calm down and look for altcoins that are showing relative strength. So to like put this in perspective, which altcoins are doing re relatively well, um, these are the coins doing the best... Uh, last uh, last few few minutes and hours i like that uh, xrp was mentioned i'm uh, definitely not an xrp maxi or someone who believes that uh, we will see xrp go to 580 $89 or whatever the ridiculous price uh, target was but nobody can uh, dispute that xrp has been showing relative strength um last few days if you want to be more precise you can put uh instead of xrp usdt we can use um bitcoin pair and yeah you i mean it's quite obvious that uh, xrp is basically outperforming bitcoin 
I believe a lot of it is fueled by the SEC headlines and and yeah, but would you consider a long on, on XRP at some point? Like is there a level where like you're interested <laughs> in in longing or I mean from technical perspective, I think you kinda have to, right? Like you don't have to long, but if me as a trader, if I should be looking to long strong altcoins, then I should be definitely considering XRP. Oh, from level perspective, let me see. Like, you know, for me, I would uh, go on, if I may show what I would do with, uh, in Coinalyze, because that's my yep. bread and butter. So I would go on Coinalyze. You click on markets. Here is a coin. So we are looking for XRP. I'm going to look for a pair on Binance, because that's where I trade. And does most volume here. And... What I do, as I said, I trade mostly lower time frames. So I, I'm looking for big relative liquidation candles. Uh, I know this might be a bit um, difficult, but I just really want to show what is actually something I do in my in my day trading instead of trying to look for levels on, let's say, higher time frames. So yep. this, this bar right here, I'll make it a bit bigger so it's easier to see. These are liquidations. So... The big green candles in this chart are big short liquidations and the red candles on the contrary are long liquidations. It might be uh, misleading at first, but uh, it is, uh, it is uh, how I'm, um, it is uh, the fact basically. I'm, I'm gonna zoom out a bit. I, I'm basically what I would be trading is, I think this is a decent example you often see a mean reversion or like a bounce in simpler terms uh, following like a big liquidation on the on the long side here, right? So price went down, people who were long and over leveraged, they got liquidated, we see that in liquidations, and the market proceeded to bounce. I know this, this move might be uh, a small one, like a 2% or that I would have to buy perfect bottom, like maybe like 1% realistically, but that's type of trading I do. Like I just sit at a chart that's doing well and I'm scalping liquidations pretty much. So I hope that answered so you your, your question a little bit. Yeah, so how would you identify like um, if like a project is like lining up for like a, a liquidation scalp? What's like your signal to maybe mm -hmm. go long? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Uh, actually, I prepared a couple tools. And by the way, uh, for the for the viewers, we are not like uh, staged with Miles. He actually asked like a legit awesome question. Um, so as we all know, there's so many pairs in crypto, right? There's so much stuff happening. Like you would have to have like 15 hours a day, every single day to just to be able to kept, catch, uh, catch up with like half of the stuff that's really happening in crypto. So unless you have like group chats, uh, friends and alpha groups, it's really hard to keep up with everything with all, every single narrative and uh, rotation. I can recommend a page. Again, it's completely free. You don't need to sign up, no nothing. It's called Levitas. And they have a derivative uh, dashboard like this. This might look a bit um, overwhelming. Don't worry. Um, in terms of order flow trading, uh, I do look at something called interest, open interest. Open interest in very simple terms is how much leverage entered the system. So this is open interest change in last 24 hours, right? So the open interest today 
compared to open interest yesterday. So, for example, on you can you can then also filter them and you know, for example, Kava. Quite frankly, I don't know what the project does, but for me as a day trader, it doesn't really matter. I just see okay, it's on Binance. That's for me important. I as I'm trading there, it has a lot of a lot of change in open interest, meaning there's people speculating. They're doing something. They know something that I don't know. So then I would, you know, let's say pick top three num top three altcoins and I would look, aha, why why they're moving. So for Shiba, maybe some of the viewers know they had some more announcements and like news coming for the Shibarium, which also affected Bone, if you like uh, higher beta or higher risk altcoins. But that's basically how I go about it. I pick altcoins. I, I personally like to look what's happening because I have the luxury of having the time to study what is actually happening. But basically then I would see, okay, Kava, I would go back to my, to my Coinalyze. I would look for Kava. And Kava also had, I think, like there's always fundamental drivers behind a lot of this stuff. So you said Shibarium for Shib, which I showed on screen. For Kava, there was a huge development grant, um, which is like incentivizing new development. So a lot of developers are now uh, going to Kava. And then I think like some of the pools on the network are very juicy as well. So like people need to hold the token in LPs. Oh, to nice. so like there's a couple catalysts as well for Kava. Oh, perfect. Look, this is, this is actually a super easy example of what I was showing before. So remember, I said like relatively high liquidation, right? The big green candle. If we look, the to green's the left, liquidation and red is also the liquidations. But uh, oh, okay. the green ones, okay. the green liquidations, they are uh, short liquidations. Ah, okay. So, so shorts green, longs red. Yes, but uh, okay. this is just you can change the colors, by the way. So if, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. showing different for you, uh, I want to pinpoint one thing I that I think can be a big takeaway for uh, people watching. Think about it. What does it mean if I'm short and I'm liquidated? It is technically I'm forced to buy. Mm. So that's why when you when we see a short liquidation, you see this a lot. This looks like if you don't have the order flow data, you're like, wow, there's a lot of buying, right? Look, price moved up like whatever, 4%, 4% in five minutes. Wow, like, wow, someone is buying when in fact it's just people getting liquidated on their shorts and then you see price retrace the move which was like i don't know 2.5 3% move my guess 3.5 so yeah my thought process is go to levidas pick a coin that's is high basically get high probability of giving me these scalps and then as you see i think i'm very glad that this is actually such a nice and easy example so yeah this is this is how i trade in 10 minutes no, I think it's awesome. I think it's I think it's super cool insight and and a unique um unique strategy. I might actually start using that website. Would you say it's called Levitas? Uh yeah, yeah, Levitas. Again, it's free and I'm not sponsored. I just want to make sure. Um actually my friend, my colleague, uh, if I may shill very quickly, who am I doing awesome. uh, our show with? Adam, uh he showed me uh, Levitas. So, shout out to him. By the way, your your musical chairs um show which I think is every Monday, right? Yes, we'll do it every month. Yeah. That's in the description. So if anyone wants to go check that out, it's like a long form, um, like weekly trading style show. So I wanted to ask you, like, obviously, like not financial advice, any like altcoins you're looking at right now that have interesting setups or like any trades you're currently looking at taking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
I like XRP. Uh, honestly, should do more research in terms of like levels, uh, sorry, levels and places where I'm interested to do business. But um, I, given given like you thought you mentioned this in your videos as well or in your content, there has been a lot of fud about around Binance, right? And their BUSD stablecoin, which was like the official stablecoin of Binance. I mean, it literally has it in their name. And uh, so people are speculating on other projects that have something to do with stablecoins, right? So Maker is related to DAI. We have projects like True, True and LQTY. And interestingly enough, LQTY is uh, like fundamentally, I don't uh, have that much knowledge, but I know they do have their own stablecoin called LUSD. And Binance just recently listed them in their innovation zone. So if you guys are following Binance announcements for some time, they've listed recently coins like GMX, uh, GNS, Magic. So those are like Arbitrum tokens, Arbitrum ecosystem. But they, again, maybe two weeks ago now, they listed uh, this token. And they already had a true, uh, true FI before, but they just listed perpetual futures for the coin. So in my head, how I'm thinking about this potential narrative is that Binance is clearly having issue with regulators. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're, <laughs> and we have CZ Binance uh, repeatedly tweeting uh, number four, which is becoming a yeah. bit of a meme, but it's, I still find it funny. But I do believe, and again, not financial advice, I have no clue. Uh, I, but I expect something more from these two coins in terms of announcements. I don't know what it is, what it will be, in what form, but I do expect Binance to basically push for other stablecoin projects to diversify from BUSD and basically give traders, give investors other venues to to safely safely trade. Okay. So, so, so what are yeah. those coins? You've got LQTY, TRU. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look. I'm. You know, it's not only me thinking that because if you look at the chart, yeah. right, it's up quite a lot. And this is actually funny. This is where I marked the area. This was the actual Binance listing. Uh, so we can see that the price moved up quite a bit to give you percentage terms. It did like 2x already just before the listing. So if you guys like to speculate, you might think maybe someone knew and was accumulating beforehand. I don't know. I wish I knew. I didn't know beforehand. I was just buying later, but... Yeah, that's the game we is play. That, is that something you'd look to buy at support at like one? I see you, you support. There's like one point four five. Well, for me, this area is like a pre Binance listing area, so that that's becoming interesting. I guess. I guess from technical perspective, this is could be like a support, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, for me, you know, I'm a I might I'm I'm greedy. The lower, the better. <laughs> So Which is I good. Night, you need to be you need to be picky in this market. Yeah, so you don't yeah. FOMO. I mean, you've said it very well, and we've discussed it uh, like in, from different uh, shapes, uh, sorry, different angles. Uh, market right now is very like uncertain. How will a uh, small market cap, very illiquid altcoin do if, let's say, we get some sort of super bad news? You know, bad headlines. I think there is no shame in just staying in stable coins and just waiting it out. There's a, it's you cannot go broke, um, you know, just waiting. So, and I believe, I truly believe, if there's like one takeaway that people watching can take away from my, my appearance here is that uh, having no position is also a position. Mm, yeah, and I think it's a healthy way to look at 
I guess people call it risk management. Is there is there like a percent like a like a bias you have for Bitcoin in like the next couple of weeks? Obviously, we've got CPI on Tuesday. We have um, yeah FOMC later in the month. Is there like a like some scenario you think is based on the technicals more likely or not to play out? Yeah, I would love Bitcoin to hold. This is just my wishful thinking. I think a lot of people are watching this area. So this is this pre-breakdown cluster. Uh, this was the FTX uh, saga. So between anywhere between like 20.8, I guess, I believe a lot of people are watching around there. Obviously, like a few dollars here and there, to me, it does not matter. But, um, you know, if we just look at this chart, it might get filled, as you mentioned. Uh, but again, it's uh, all very relative. Let's see what happens to uh, traditional markets. Yeah. And on the shorter time frame, or are you more just looking at Bitcoin from like the daily? Um, yeah, yeah. On Bitcoin, I mostly try to look at higher time frames. But for my altcoins, as I've shown before, it's mostly like one and five minute chart for me. Yep. Yeah. But on lower time frames, I mean, this is just ugly. I wish I, I wish I could have some more optimistic and like encouraging words, but this is just. Um, I, I I mean for for transparency, I shorted ETH much higher, and I've started like hedging the position by buying a bit Bitcoin, but very little for now. Like I'm like I'm a buyer at this area, and uh, with very like um, defined rate, you know, uh, refined risk management, meaning stop loss. So I guess. I really don't want to like publicly, you know, share stop losses. It's something I would not advise people do. But mm. these these stop losses in this setup are pretty, I guess, pretty obvious. Yeah, people could, you know, I'm not gonna share mine exactly, but people can be. I know a lot of people will have stops below these these wicks, so I would not be surprised. You know, you know how crypto is. If we just wake and then spring back up. Yeah, yeah, that sometimes happens. Liquidate the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Li- liquidate all the all the longs and then um then back up resumption. Correct. Which sometimes correct, happens. Correct. Um, what do you what do you think about like the possibility of like in the shorter term, like seeing like a push up into the twenty two, like four range, or would you just not be trading CPI? Um, like ahead <laughs> that's a tough one, right? Because you don't you have get... to make a call. I'm just interested to see like what your feel is. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I highly recommend people to journal these events actually because we mm. get cpi every month right so you can i what i do is like literally journal like every five minutes so in my time zone it's like uh, 2 p.m 30 that's literally when the time comes out so i like measure what happens like if the number is higher or lower because very often you have a price reaction at the cpi print but technically new york uh, new york stock exchange opens one hour later right so usually you can get like a move to either direction and then during the open you know you get another like basically what would you call it? like maybe like a sharp move so i i i personally agree with you uh, on the on the on like lower time frames that we get a bounce that's why i started buying a bit because as you've shown the predictions and pe- pr- market pricing in the rate hikes, very simple questions. What happens to risk assets if we get 25, right? I think Yeah, that- I think 20, 22.5 for sure, but probably like 23. I think there's like there's a huge zone between 20, at least on my chart, between 20, and our charts might be a bit different, um, between 23, 
uh and like 235 like this this area this like yellow box um around the 200 ma on the on the four alley this previous mm-hmm. zone that's something i'm looking at like if we get a 25 that's that's like an obvious zone for us to go retest maybe we get rejected there but like for sure Oh yeah, I mean, if we go go there, I'm already out 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 of my lungs. So yeah, yeah. that would be. A very I, I would nice, cut lungs there as well. Mm-hmm. That would be a nice few percent. The market is. Let's be let's be honest here. It's not a bull run. We just had a nice um, yeah. dead cat bounce or eco bubble, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I'm afraid, like the juice. We you know we squeezed the juice already, and now it's. Let, uh, let me show I'm, you something depressing, um, which maybe explains the echo bubble. It's this, uh, this, this. If you overlay the Bitcoin chart over the Wall Street cheat sheet, it's this uh, little area. <laughs> do you think this? <laughs> do, you, do you think? That's, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> it oh, looks no. terrible when you look at it like that. No, please, please uh, take that off depression? my screen. That's that's not a no. <laughs> it's a bit. Um, look, I, I think I have my issues with these cheat sheets. The first thing is like you can line it up however you want. You can manipulate it, so it's like a bit. Like, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like gospel, but it's just interesting, I think, that it's like lining up. Just imagine the emotions, right? Uh, people watching the videos, people on social media. This scenario would make us all lose our minds and go insane. Yeah, that's, that's, I think if we line this up with the actual chart, it's like a 600 bill total crypto market cap, which is like a 30% pullback. So that's probably like, Bitcoin, this is probably like 15K again, like like as a rough off the top of my head guess, which is like, to be honest, pretty in line with like most estimates, which is generally like, yeah, the FTX bottom is like around what the bottom for this cycle will be. I'm not going to call a bottom because I, honestly, it's all probabilities. Like it's, it's, it's you, you can't make an absolute um, prediction on the bottom, whether it's in or not, but like that would be roughly that level. Yeah, I, I like. Of course, of course, we can get like a new black swan, you know. I guess. Hopefully, not Binance. Yeah, I, or Tether. I, I think Binance and Tether are like the two. Yeah, yeah, that probably sends us to new lows. But let's let's. I not. don't think so, though. I mean, yeah, it's it's all just opinion based. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I think they're going to continue to see SEC scrutiny. They're going to be in the news a lot. Like, there's definitely no like. No doubt there's going to be news, but whether like that actually results in like a material um, impact on Binance, that's something we have to weigh up. Like maybe they get sanctioned, but I don't know. It's like really just speculation and not, I don't really want to trade like based on FUD. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. So is there anything else before we head off? Because I'll probably have you again on in the future and we can update. I I think, I think I covered quite a bit. I'm sorry if I spoke too too fast. I I'm I'm sure that was a bit, might, might've been a bit overwhelming, but I I think uh, that was a nice little intro. If, if you need, well, I speak really fast. So if I think the viewers are like acclimatized to like fast paced speaking. So by the time you came on, you probably seemed relatively normal because especially sometimes people tell me they watch my shows on like 0.75x they need to watch it slower because i speak too quick but um yeah no i think it was great i think it's good insight and i think someone asked what the site's called uh the first one uh, so there's levitas and then there's yeah 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 levitas i'm I'm gonna show them here and there's coin coin coinalize yes coinalize correct 
And then you've also got that other cool one. I'm actually going to use that tip uh, for the trading view watch list. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Sandwich cool. Finance. That's really, really cool. I'm actually going to do that because I, um, yeah, I didn't realize that existed. So we can put in, we can import Yeah, the I'm just trying to, you know, I was thinking how I can save people some time. Because if you, you know, you, there's just to be time efficient, time is everything in this market. Yeah. But sure. also maybe like a, a third option, if if I may, like on CoinGecko, uh, you can have gainers and losers. So you can filter everything you want. I usually just go for top 300 projects if you, because if you go for top 1000, you will end up seeing like a lot of super small caps and that can be mm. noisy. So maybe I do look at stuff like this, what is doing well, what is doing, you know, not so well. And yeah. And just... this is actually super important for people actually, like it looks so basic looking at the gainers and losers, but this is a filtration method. So so you guys, you've got to use these tools um, to like open interest tools, price movement tools to like filter what's doing well and what's doing badly because then you can look further into it. So you might see um, C CFX is up 200%. Why is it up 200%? Dig deeper. Like stacks is up 100%. Why? And then that might lead you to like a narrative and and more coins that haven't run and give you opportunities. So it's really just about um, like in terms of your research method, having these uh, sites that can help you like filter information because um, you, you're going to be able to spot things. If something moves 100%, you're going to be able to go, oh, this actually, this might be interesting. There might be a trade here. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's all just about filtering to find like new opportunities. It's like the essence of this stuff. I agree. And it also gives you like a signal where the attention is, right? We're still like, hopefully not the cheat sheet uh, stage, but yeah. we still don't have that much new capital. I'm going to get off my screen, delete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we don't have that much new capital flowing into the market. So you really probably want to be looking at stuff that people are speculating if you're looking to day trade. If you're looking to invest, obviously that's not my field. But if I'm day trading, I want to be looking. Uh, I want to see where the attention is, basically in simple terms. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was. I think it was a great intro. Remember, if you want to um, um, follow Runner on his socials, I'm just going to get them up here. There's a link in the description. He has a great Twitter. Also has the YouTube and his like weekly. Uh, podcast slash like trading long long form trading show every monday with um who abe as well joins you yeah adam, on that one. adam so, ape trade Quick. ape ape sorry i said abe ape, ape. um yeah he's an ape yeah. he's an ape um so if you want to watch some ape into stuff uh you can go watch <laughs> you can go watch that but yeah uh, i recommend for check him out link in the description for all that and yeah thanks so much for joining um the show today i'll hopefully have you on again in the in the future it would be my pleasure. Thank, thanks for having me. Awesome, bro. Well, I just want to go answer maybe a couple of questions now while uh, while the show's still running. We'll just do a couple more minutes. Um, while you guys like, ask any questions, before we wrap things up, I want to remind you, if you do want to trade any um, any of like the setups we discussed or just in general, we have OKX, which has the $10,000 mystery box. We also have, obviously, BitGet, Bybit, I'm sure most of you guys are over there, but if you're not, there's pretty nice bonuses there. You've got 30k on Bybit, 8k on BitGet. Um, also, there's Gtrade as well. If you're more of a Dex trader and you, you don't want to necessarily use, uh, I don't know, leverage exchanges on um, centralized parties, then you can also, or if you just want to diversify risk a little bit, uh, one easy way to do that would be on like Gtrade. They're on Arbitrum, 
and Polygon as well. So there are a few few options for you guys uh, in the description. And yeah, if you I saw a lot, hey, is that Zach's cousin? Um, I don't think so. It could be though. Um, that guy was cool. Yeah, he knows his stuff for sure. I think um, like it's a unique perspective. So cool little tips for you guys as well. I'm actually going to use a couple of them in, in my own training. Uh, great stuff. Glad you liked it, Roberto. Also, like if you if you want to do like non leverage swapping, um, you can do so on KyberSwap. Just as a reminder, because uh, I know not all of you want to trade like leverage. Some of you just prefer to trade spot, which is totally valid. Some of you are more long term traders. Uh, KyberSwap will give you the best rates across most um, altcoin trading pairs for like basically on every EVM network plus like Solana and and like Velus and all all that kind of stuff as well. So. It's a um. That's basically my go, my one-stop shop for like Dex spot trading. So yeah, basically, like oh, one more thing I wanted to show you. Uh, ugh, I'm sick of all this bearish. I don't know why I have so much bearish stuff. I'm generally not trying to freak anyone out. Like we've already gone through our setups. We we know the levels where we could bounce. We also know short-term bounce definitely could happen. Um, all that sort of stuff. But if you do want some more bearish news, not that you do, but if you do. Then, uh, I don't know. I just thought this was interesting how we saw like 2008 before like the, the major recession. Uh, we had like a, I guess like a bit of a bear market rally, like deviation above trend break down. Uh, and, and also we've kind of seen a similar thing in 2023. Uh, but like there's a good thread by Game of Trades. If you want to have a read, if you're a real bear and you want some bear hopium or something like that, then you can... um look through this thread and he kind of outlines how like similar drops in the S&P have all shown to, um, yeah, like end up in some pretty nasty moves before like a, a strong recovery. So this think it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing to look at that every single major bear market rally since 1960 had some sort of fake out at some point. So let's just keep our eye on it. Obviously we, we haven't fully faked out yet though. That's like another thing to note. If we actually look at the S&P, and draw in this uh, trend, so we could see the trends on like a like a one week. Then we could see that technically we haven't um, broken down below too sharply yet. Like we can see, we're actually still above. So yeah, but although the S and P is still looking relatively like shaky, we did break below like a major horizontal level. Kind of expecting now a pullback to thirty nine. Um, I'd say four K for the SPY or S and P index is like the number one. Um, like zone, it needs to hold probably on like the higher time frames as well, like daily, weekly charts. Uh, daily, we could see we just broke below. Weirdly, Bitcoin actually showed relative weakness. It was like positively um, moving versus like stocks and bonds, but we actually did see like slight decorrelation over the last couple days when Bitcoin actually sold off more so. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I think it was super alpha packed. I'm going to see you tomorrow, um, which will hopefully contain um, just as much alpha. Don't know how we're going to back it up after runner, but I think uh, think I can pull something, um, pull something out for tomorrow. So I will see you then. And yeah, also have some cool content dropping on the weekend, trading strategies, that kind of stuff. So till tomorrow, hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you on the other side. Peace out.